Hello everyone, welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I do apologize that I haven't posted in anything in a while. I uh, said things have just been kind of busy, but fortunately your day is about to get a little bit better because not only do we have a new episode, you've got me, and joining me today is a man who knows when to hold them, knows when to fold them, knows when to walk away, and knows when to run. How you doing today, Chad? Alright, that was an interesting uh, introduction, I guess. Um, because one of those four things I never do. And that's run. Just, <laughs> I just don't do it. And as far as hold them or fold them, you never fold. You always go all in. Go in big. People get scared and they just let you have the pot. I could sing the Chad Knight rap that I made for you a few episodes ago. No, that's okay. I like this one better. Okay. So we are <laughs> <laughs> So we are going to be taking a look at the last episode of season three of Black Mirror Hated in the Nation. And honestly, I do like this episode and like Men Against Fire, I think it's another one that just shows how terrifying technology can be when it's in the wrong hands. But then again, that's kind of been a running theme through this entire uh, this entire series, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They are definitely taking a look at technology and and just human, just the, the art of being human and what we're made up of. Those are the two big running themes. But, yeah, technology and what they can do with technology and how they can harness the human animal with technology. Um is kind of the way this entire thing seems to be going. Yep. And this episode is a basically a police drama. It's kind of like a buddy cop uh, scenario where we've got a crime scene investigator uh, named Karen working with a new partner um, named uh, Blue, who is more of the tech savvy. So, Again, you've got Karen, who's more like the tough, streetwise, experienced uh, investigator. And then she's got the, you know, the younger rookie, uh, Blue uh, Colson. And as the, start, the show opens, uh, we actually see Karen in a court hearing. And it flashes back to the event that started this. We learn about a an author named Joe Powers who had received online death threats because she had publicly insulted a disability rights activist who chose to burn herself alive as a form of protest. And as she's becoming home, she as she's coming home for the day, uh, a guy delivers a cake to her, and. You know, she's like, this isn't going to explode on me, is it? Because obviously she realizes that everyone pretty much hates her. And when she takes it inside with her uh, and shows her husband, she opens it up and the cake says, fucking bitch. Yeah, it sure did. See, and I almost wondered the box. I mean, I know this is kind of a generic observation, but... I'm almost wondering if the cake company that did the cake for this episode was supposed to be the same one that made the cake in uh, for Shut Up and Dance. 
I mean, yeah, it would possibly. I mean, most cake boxes look the same, and this there was no um, writing or no you know acknowledgement of where the cake came from in either one of these episodes. So uh, maybe they're hinting that it's the same bakery, but I don't really think it's something that uh, is thought about. Maybe even by the people who directed it or anything. Um, but I did. I did think that when uh, they were talking in a little bit, when they talked to that first suspect for the murder of uh, uh, what was her name? The Joe powers. Um, they're talking to that teacher and she had said that, you know, it was just a joke, blah, blah, blah. But they don't mention the name of the bakery. And she did say that the bakery didn't want to do a cake with profanity on it. Yeah. And I mean, it wouldn't surprise me uh, because if it was intended to be the same company, just because we know that, you know, there have been the little hints in the episodes that calls back to another episode. Uh, because as I recall, it's the intent is that the entire series takes place in the same timeline. So we find out that, you know, Joe, she's looking at her, uh, and I have to say this was an interesting combination of background music and what someone's doing to it because she's listening to Orinoco Flow by Enya, you know, this nice, peaceful, soothing song while reading her hate mail. Right, yeah. You know, and when I, I don't know about you, but when I saw this episode, for some reason, this Joe Powers kind of reminded me of like Ann Coulter. So I could see yeah. that I, yeah, <laughs> I could see I could see Ann Coulter or Laura Ingram doing something like this. I'm not I'm not touching that one. Um well, I'm, I'm not let that one go. I'm not saying I hope that what happens in this episode happens to them. I'm just seeing that based on the type of journalism and i'm doing air quotes there right yeah the kind of journalism those two do i could see them taking a story about a disability rights activist burning herself in protest and just kind of being like oh please spare me and it's like yeah i could see them doing it but anyways back to the episode so later on uh powers is found dead and her husband is injured so this is where uh, Karen meets up with her new partner, Blue. And the as they're investigating, uh, of course, they originally assume that it's the husband that committed the murder uh, because Joe's throat has been slit. Right, and, and, and nobody has entered or left the house. He's also been wounded in like a, like if he was wounded in defense from the person that he's attacking. I mean, it all lines up. It all looks good. Yep. Well, the next day, before we find out what happened to Joe, there's a rapper named Tusk who also was receiving his share of online hate because the, he had insulted a young fan that was trying to imitate him on on the TV show. And well, as he's out in the like, it looked like some kind of parking garage uh, with his posse. All of a sudden, it looks like he starts to have a seizure. So they take him to the hospital, they put him in the MIR machine, and then there's this pop. And when they 
look out. They look at the, they pull him out to see what happened. They see that uh, there's a metal object that was pulled out of his his head by the magnetism of the machine. And right that's through his eye. Yep. And we learn that in this particular time period during the show's timeline that the bee population in the United Kingdom has gotten close to extinction. So, you know, of course, bees are very important to the ecosystem because of pollination. So what a company did is they developed ADIs, autonomous drone insects, as an artificial substitute to the bees. And that's what was found in his head. And then later we find out that was what was inside of Joe Powers as well. Right. Yeah. And uh, she died because they, I don't remember exactly what part of the brain they said, but the bee actually like gets into this, this level of your brain and it causes excruciating pain and that people will do anything to get out of that pain. So with Joe, I mean, she slit her own throat as we find out later just to get out of the pain. And then there's Tusk, who survives longer because his buddies help, you know, they held him down so he could hurt himself. And uh, you could definitely tell he was in pain. They dope him up, but he's still kind of like in pain. So I don't know exactly what center of the brain this bee was in, but it was causing a lot of, a lot of pain. Yeah, and they do, I know they do mention it later in this in this the uh episode and uh, again, I'm not a neuroscientist, so I wouldn't know how to correctly pronounce it, but um yeah, and I remember they said that too where this was a part of the brain that controls pain reactions, so you know, if something was in there, we're talking unprecedented levels of agony. Right. So Blue and Karen, they go to the company that maintains these um, artificial bees, and when they're talking to the project leader, they find out that one of these drones was hijacked near Joe's house when she was killed. Uh, We also meet up with Sean Lee, who is a National Crime Agency uh, officer, which I assume is the UK's equivalent to like the Department of Homeland Defense or the NSA. So yeah, Sean Lee, he was, um, he's one of those more serious cops. You know, he's that kind of cop that never smiles. Every time you look at him, he's just kind of like, I'm a cop. He's the bad cop. He's not a bad cop. He's just a very (laughs) intimidating cop. cop. Yeah. Yeah. Very intimidating. Um, But at this point they have also um, blue has gone out into social media and doing that kind of stuff. And she has found that there is a hashtag um, that is out there called Death To. And in that hashtag is a video called Game of Consequences. And this is where they figure out that the bees are somehow connected to this and that there's somebody behind the whole works because there is this hashtag, there is this game. And so every night at midnight, the game resets. And then whoever has the most hashtag death to um, and their name and picture to it, there was, you know, specific rules of the game. The person that's number one in that hashtag at 5 p.m. gets killed. So the first day it was Joe Powers. The second day it was Tusk. Uh, the third day is uh, Clara. 
Correct, because she had photographed <laughs> herself uh, looking like she was urinating on a war memorial. Correct. So, of course, people are like, you know, people died for your freedom. And um, so, and right, they actually, but this time, of course, the police were, they knew something was up, so they tried to get her to a safe house. Right, and that is where <laughs> all hell breaks loose, because they escaped that single drone. But the way it's programmed by the guy who's taking everything over is he can take over entire hives if he needs to. And so the one, the one drone or whatever flew with the, or rode on the car to this safe house. And then like thousands of drones came on this house and they were able to keep it away for a while, but eventually they get in through uh, a vent and take out Clara. Unfortunately, she dies um, in police protection. So that always looks good, too. Yep. However, it does give them a clue because they notice that the bees only went after Claire or Clara and basically ignored the other two. So that's when we learn that the bees use a facial recognition software. Um, and then Sean had admits that they were used for government surveillance. Um, and, and, you know, of course, there was some debate about, okay, how do they report this? Because if people, because they correctly predict that if they realize that, okay, if this, they find out this is true, that, hey, all I have to do is type hashtag death to and then put someone's name in there, if they win win in air quotes here right they will get killed so now of course they could hope that everyone's going to realize hey this is real people are going to lose their lives but this is humanity we're talking about so they under you know when news starts to spread it's like you know they start trying to vote for all these really important people right and and this is at a point where blue starts realizing because she has one of the, the dead drones, one of the ones that attacks somebody. And then she went into it, and within it, she finds this um, manifesto uh, by a guy named... Um, Garrett. Garrett Schultz. Mm -hmm. Garrett Schultz. And Garrett was a flatmate of one of the women. He was also one of the initial uh, scientists that were working on this project. And he's got this 98-page manifesto uh, basically saying humans are animals and they need to be taken care of, blah, blah, blah. But when it gets down to it, she realizes that not only are these drones attacking the person that, quote-unquote, wins each day, they're also keeping track of everyone who uses the hashtag death, too. Yep. So... And just as she's figuring this out, they've figured a way to re-engineer the bees to take control back from the, I would call him a uh, domestic terrorist. Um, they figure out how to get you know, control of the bees back. And she's like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that because it might be just something that sets off something else that allows, you know, whatever his true end game is to happen. And of course, Sean Lee being the cop he is, he's like, no, we need control of this. He hits the button that makes takes control, and it looks for a second like they're getting control of all the hives around the UK, and then everything just goes red. Yep. And and 
well, actually, we skipped a, a scene in there because while Blue was investigating, remember they she was able to get the data from uh, Garrett's selfie to find out where he took the picture. So yeah. of course they raid it, and while they're searching, they find a hard drive, and that's where they get more information. And and yeah, he had his manifesto in there where he was talking about humans and how you know we how we never always face our the consequences of our actions. Right. So. Uh, but yes, yeah, so then you're right. He, they're trying to, they're, uh, Blue's like, no, we probably shouldn't do this. But of course, Lee being the, you know, no nonsense cop, he decides he hits that button, deactivates the system, and yeah, the basically all hell breaks loose. And, and now these, now these bees are on a hunt for everybody that ever used the hashtag death. Yep. To. And there were over 380,000. And I'd have to say probably one of the most powerful scenes in this uh, particular episode is they show the two, uh, you know, they show Blue and Karen in a warehouse where it's just body bags everywhere. And then at the end of the episode, it pops back to Karen sitting at this congressional or equivalent of a congressional hearing, hearing and they start talking about blue and you find out that about four months after this all went down, they found blues possessions. They found her uh, clothes on a beach and she was nowhere to be found. So everybody assumes that she has committed suicide. Yeah. Cause she, um, as Karen said, she thought that blue probably felt responsible because she basically walked into Garrett's trap. And of course, Garrett was nowhere to be found uh, because while this is happening, you know, everyone's, you know, basically getting killed by these bees. He shaves his beard. He shaves his head. He shaves his, I think he shaved his eyebrows too. Um, and, and basically he cha- puts in, he changes his appearance and he puts in these uh, contact lenses colored, that. Colored, eye, colored contacts, yeah. Yep. And he basically flees. Well. After she leaves the hearing, then Sean Lee comes in and, uh, you know, he's going to face his um, he's going to face his time before the panel. And I really felt sorry for Karen at this point, because as she's being driven out of the, you know, away from the thing, there's all these protesters and everyone's yelling and screaming at her. And it's like, okay, she was just a cop trying to do her job. She was trying to figure out what happened. Tell us the truth. Yep. That's what all the signs said. Tell us the truth. Yep. And but then the twist, like yep. every Black Mirror episode, there is a twist. And that twist is... Little twisty twist? <laughs> the, yeah, the little twisty twist is that Blue is not dead. She has gone undercover, and she has been tracking uh, Garrett Scholes. And she's, they kind of show him at a bar drinking a beer, and then the camera pulls back, and she's revealed to be sitting there watching him. And... He leaves the bar, she stands up, she types something in a cell phone, and then starts following him. Got him. And, yeah, and then, um, uh... So we're left to, yeah, because he's walking down a, a, an empty, like, not hallway, uh, like, just walkway. There wasn't yeah. anyone around, and, you know, so she's following him, so we're, we're probably led to believe that she hunts him down and she kills him and, you know, finally brings him to justice. Right. That's that's where you're left to assume. But, 
you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, is she walking into another trap? That is true. I you know, because that... we see him kind of go around the corner, and then you see her, she like, she like hardens herself, you know, like you see a lot of times she takes deep breath, like she's kind of like setting herself to do whatever it is she's going to do. And then you just, right before the camp, right before black, she's just getting ready to go around that corner, and it goes black, and I'm like, yay, we win. And then in the back of my head, I'm going, or do we? Wait, did she walk into another trap? Like, does he know? You know, is he that good? You know, that's actually a good question. I didn't consider that. I guess my, and I'd be interested to hear what the author's, uh, Charlie Bro- Broker, what his intent for that episode was, um, whether, mm-hmm. you know, it is, whether she is led into another trap, because uh, again, that happened before, but then again, Blue might also be more cautious. So maybe the intent was that, you know, she does kill him. So I think that is probably what he intended, but I don't know. Will, but that is an interesting idea. I never thought about that. Well, you know, and and that tells people what the story was. But now I really want to talk about the technology. Oh, yeah. Because the technology is some scary shit, man. Sorry to use that language in your podcast. You can bleep me if you want to. (laughs) But it is some scary, scary stuff. Um, I I mean, just think about it. You you have this everyday drone-type thing that's being used to replace the bee population. That touches on something that's really happening in our world. The bees are going away. And we, at some point, are either going to have to figure out how to bring the bees back or how to replace the bees. Otherwise, you and I are going to get really hungry. Because without pollinators, we're going to get real hungry. Yes. uh, Yeah, because I I know there's a lot of people who think, oh, bees, they just pollinate the flowers. But no, they are... I've seen bee movie, you know, they're they're important for the the survival of the ecosystem. So but anyway, as I was saying. So at some point this is not that far from reality. I I've, I've actually read articles on science websites and things that talk about these kind of things. But now if you have this totally anonymous or not anonymous uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? They're under Anonymity? their own power. What's that? Anonymity, anonymity, I can never pronounce that either. Well, no, anonymity. not even that. But okay. basically, you've got these independent drones. Mm-hmm. They're solar powered. They are programmed in one way to do one thing, basically. But they're under their own power as well. And of course, like everything, you know, the Titanic wasn't able to sink. We know how that turned out. These bees supposedly were not be able to be hacked. Well, we know how that turned out now, too. Yep. And what and, do you... Th- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm just... I'm, I'm on a long string of thought here. And then you turn around, and because it's the UK, and they have cameras everywhere, I mean, that's not a secret. The the The, the country of England is covered by CCTV. The cops use it all the time. Does it keep people in line a little more than maybe, say, in the United States? Sure. But, again, you get that whole Big Brother feel, which is another thing that kind of came out in this episode, is that Big Brother feel. But then the state goes, 
okay, that's great and all. Yeah, well, well, it'll help the environment and stuff. But really, you need to leave us a back door so we can use these for surveillance if we need to. And that's what came around and bit that company in the butt because they had this great thing. They had this great – and the guy – uh, what was the guy's name? Um, Nick Shelton, the guy who was the programmer and the guy in charge of the whole thing. You know, he's oh, like, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want to leave this back door, but that was the only way we would get our funding. So they were like, guess what, buddy? So and that's how the hacker got in was through that that way that the, you know, the country, the security people of the country made them leave in there. Yeah. And that is scary. And I think another one of the things that uh he was that Charlie uh Broker was or Brooker was uh you know talking about when he made this episode is you know the internet does have the unfortunate side effect of propagating online bullying because I mean someone could go I mean okay let's say someone I mean we're both on Twitter so someone yep. could go to our Twitter feeds and, you know, call us nasty names and say that we're a couple of talentless windbags and we have n- we have no right to podcast and we're boring and we're stupid. And, you know, they could say pretty much, Chad, are you raising your hand like guilty as charged? But anyways, as long as basically as long as uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much Twitter can really do as long as they're not like making violent threats against us. But Mm. I mean, even on like Facebook and other social media sites, yeah, cyberbullying is a real issue. And unfortunately, sometimes it does drive people to suicide or to do dangerous things to themselves. The thing that I, I think the message that he was trying to convey here is that unfortunately, a lot of times with online bullying, there's usually not consequences. And that's what the person in this episode did, this Garrett guy. He said oh, he found a way to make it where, okay, yeah, you can you can do something that's going to lead to the death of another person, but you're probably not thinking of the consequences. And then eventually that comes back to bite you in the end because you're also going to suffer the consequence for... Um, you, you know, for your actions, not saying this Garrett guy is a good guy or an anti-hero in any sense, in any way, shape or form. That right. was always and, just, um, that was always just my impression anyway. And here's a question for you, Al. I was just thinking about this too, is would you ever under any circumstance hashtag death to and put somebody's name on the internet? I wouldn't know. No, um, I wouldn't either. I, I, God, just just the just the without ever seeing this episode, just the the social impact or the the mental impact that would have on me as a person, I could never do that. Yeah, and and I'm not one of those people who is going to do. I'm not one of these people who's going, you know, who would do something like that. I mean, I'm I'm an in-your-face type person. If I have an issue with you. I'm going to take it to you directly. You know, I'm not going to, you know, shame you on social media or, you know, post things about you saying that, you know, you do bad things to kittens and small children. No, I'm not going to do this online thing. Like I said, if if 
if someone if I've got a problem with you, I will confront you directly. So, but yeah, I would never do this. Uh, you know, I would never use that hashtag, even if I knew that there would be no consequences. Exactly, and and that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Is according to the notes on this, it's like 387 thousand people use this hashtag. That in itself should scare us, because if 387,000 people out of, I don't know, probably 10 million people in, in, in London or in England, that's like four or five percent of the, I, I don't know, I'm bad at math. But yeah, it's that's, a significant that's a, chunk of the population. And to think that, and now you come to a place like America and you put that same thing on top of that, we're 300 million people in America. Or maybe it's 350 million people by now, but it's anyway, something somewhere, like that, yeah. Somewhere in that in that area, and you figure five percent of the population will do that. That's that's a scary statistic all in itself, too. Yeah, and just to relate that to a current event, um, I mean, with the whole coronavirus going on right now, the I mean, I think they were you know, they were predicting like around a two or three percent death rate. Um, for this, but they're still saying that if it's as bad as they as everyone thinks it's going to be, then you know, yeah, we could very easily be you know looking at you know a hundred to two hundred thousand deaths in America if it turns out to be as bad as they're predicting, which right. is you know which is an, it it's mind boggling. Now so, take that statistic and make. And give that power in the hands of the people on the internet. That's scary. The, yeah. the virus doesn't pick and choose; it just goes where it goes. But it's that's just—it's a scary idea. This this whole episode—we say that a lot about this whole entire series. It's scary, but at the same time, the people that are writing these, the people that are acting and directing in these, they're making us think. And I know early on I had a real problem with this series, but the longer we do these, the more I watch each one in a different way. It's not like watching regular TV. It's not like watching a regular series on TV. You watch this in a different way. And maybe it's because you and I are doing this. Um, I probably never would have watched the series if it wasn't for this, because it just was not something that appealed to me. Yeah. But the more I watch it, I watch it with a different eye. And I think that's important, too, because I think if we don't watch it with a different eye, we're going to miss what the whole concept of it is. This is not a series I'm going to go back and keep watching over and over. You know, there's a few episodes I really liked, um, but it's not going to be on my list of rewatches on a, you know, on a regular yeah. basis. So, well, I think this is a good place to draw the episode to a close. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Otherwise, I'll just keep rambling. <laughs> so I'd like to thank you all for joining us, everyone. And uh, as we said before in our announcement, um, again, Point of Insanity and EMP are going to be merging in the future sometime. So uh, for now, like I said, we're still maintaining our separate uh, separate sites for our podcast, but Sometime this year, we will be merging it into one. So 
thanks again for joining us, everyone, and stay safe from the coronavirus. Uh, hopefully, this will all pass uh, quickly and with as few few deaths as possible. So, hope you all are safe, healthy, and we'll talk to you next time. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POIGamestudio.